One of the things people say about going vegan or vegetarian or plant-based, well, actually anything, is I don't have any support. I don't know any other vegans. And my spouse, my partner, my kids, my parents, they just aren't interested. And because I'm a life coach and because it's my job, I say, so? Or sometimes I say, so what? Honestly, it's the best job in the world being a coach. You get to say, so, or so what, all the time. You want to limit or stop eating animals, but your friends slash family slash spouse slash colleagues slash significant other do not? So? Or they don't think it makes sense? So? Or those others don't want to help you? So what? Your friends will never, probably never dare to do what I will. Listen to you deeply, carefully, and then say, so? So what? Why is that even a problem? You're welcome. You think it's a problem that you can't be vegan if the people around you aren't interested in going vegan. And I'm not going to suggest that it's not a problem. I'm going to suggest that it's absolutely perfect. Hello, veg heads, veg your besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week encouraging you to eat more plants and challenge yourself to an impossible goal no matter what anyone else thinks or says or does. Episode 67. They aren't vegan? So what? Hi, VegHeads. Now, now you know that what I do in the Veg Your Best coaching program is help you create the support you want to move deliberately in the direction that you want to move towards. And whether that's plant-based or vegetarian, vegan, or using your veganism to build a whole new project or initiative or business, totally up to you. And so often, so often, whatever your goal, the most valuable insight, the biggest aha that I can help you get to is that what your family, your friends, your partner, your colleagues, what they think or do or believe is irrelevant to what you think and what you do and what you believe. Because we all kind of get that it's important, it's nice to surround ourselves with people who are on the same page, who are supportive. And yeah, it's undoubtedly super, 
And in the coaching I do, I do. I help people to find that support group, whether it's actual human beings that they can sit next to at a coffee shop or around the table at home, or whether it's thought leaders or folks in the media that are doing the sort of thing that you're hoping to do. And I've told you here how in my life, some wonderful vegan podcasters were on my, I don't know, for want of a better word, my vegan board of directors when I was starting out. So I'm not discounting the help that fellow travelers can be on the way, the comfort that it can be to know that someone's on your side or has been there before or sees it your way. I'm not discounting that. But, but thinking that you need others to support your choices, well, it's just not true. And it's not where the truest expansion of your self actualization lies. It's not where your real power lies. And, and it's why so many people say to me that going vegan was literally life-changing. Because in going vegan, you actually get to do what so many people around you will tell you is impossible. Most of us are not surrounded by vegans. Most of us right now are not basking in an environment of neighbors and coworkers that want us, that are dying for us to draw attention to the billions of dollars spent to try and hide the actual impact of industrial animal farming or its brutality or its negative impact on our planet and our health. We just are not likely, most of us, to have a large personal support system as vegans. Here I am, a vegan, and the focus of my daily life is to support people in their efforts to limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products. And I myself do not have any personal face-to-face vegan friends or family. So if you're thinking that not having people around you who want to make the same choices is a problem. And I would say most of us do think that in the beginning, especially. Today, here, I want to suggest to you, I want to offer to you that not only is it not a problem, it's absolutely perfect. Perfect. It's what will make you vegging your best for your reasons, for your evolution, for your purposes, it will make it absolutely life-changing. You know, it's probably going to be a while before the rest of the world catches on to this. It may be some time before the people that we love most in the world, well, before they really start to get conscious about what's happening to animals or what's happening to our planet or what's happening to our health and how simply we can opt out of it day by day, choice by choice, purchase by purchase. It might take a bit. So you could ask yourself, do you only want to start 
when everyone else says they're in? Do you want to wait until no one is going to deliberately eat a big mocking mouthful of meat in front of you and say, mmm, bacon? Do you want to wait until no one even inadvertently could serve you maybe vegetable soup that was made with meat stock because they're just not keyed in? Do you want to hand off what vegan choices you can realistically start practicing today? Do you want to give up on those? Because, well, for any number of reasons, I have a client whose parents think that the Bible authorizes us to eat animals. Or maybe you have a brother-in-law who's a healthcare provider who's telling you cow milk is the perfect protein. We don't necessarily have to wait for them to see it the same way. The fact, and I would say that this is probably a fact for most of us, the fact that most people are not vegan or vegetarian and that most of them have little or no comprehension of why you would stop eating or using animal products, that fact, that fact is what makes beginning a vegan practice so life-changing, so rewarding, so life-expanding. You know, everyone inside the Veg Your Best coaching program comes with different goals. There is no one way to do this. And each of my coaching clients has his or her own path. But for most of us, for most of us, at essence, it means leaning into and strengthening the authority that we do have. The power that we do have. And the agency that we do have. Too many, too many of us think that if we want to change something or stop something or start something, that we can't be around people who aren't also changing that thing, who aren't also stopping that thing or starting that thing. Yeah, and is it great to have a buddy? Of course. Absolutely. Yes. But we all know all the times we or someone else has started a goal or a challenge with a friend and one or both of us, I'm including me, dropped out. Weight loss or fitness running a 5K, learning French, volunteering, ultimately, ultimately when it works, it's when you've decided to make it work. When you commit, when you choose to keep showing up for the goal, even if it hasn't worked in a direct linear progression, even when it hasn't worked perfectly. Too many of us, me included, have used our loved ones as an excuse, have used our jobs as an excuse, have used where we live or our culture or our travel schedule as an excuse. And it's so easy to see in other people. And it's so hard to see in ourselves because it just seems true. It just seems true when it's us. But you know that anyone who has ever lost weight 
or built a business or written a book or renovated a house or run a 5K or gotten an advanced degree or learned another language, any of a million other achievements, big and small, they didn't just wait until everyone else was on board doing the same thing. And yes, once you decide, once you choose, once you get serious, you will probably find people who will spur you on or inspire you or give you a hand. But the truth is, no matter how hard you try, you will never, never, probably never be able to surround yourself with only like-minded people. It's not going to happen. And thinking, thinking that you can't do what you want until you have a lot of like-minded people around you, it's not only unhelpful, it's actually not true. You can begin to stop eating animal products, even if no one else does. Just like you can stop drinking Diet Coke, even if no one else does. You can write a book, even if no one else does. You can begin a practice of flossing your teeth or exercising, reading, meditating, scripture reading, yoga, volunteering in the community, giving blood, picking up roadside trash, voting, all of it. You can do any of it without anyone else doing the same thing. And I will go one level further very often. And remember, when I say very often, I usually mean always. (laughs) Very often, when we are thinking that we don't have sufficient support for something, it's just we ourselves are the ones not supporting ourselves. We are the ones letting ourselves down. Being around a lot of people who eat animal products at every single meal is not a problem because virtually every single vegan I know is. And virtually every vegan I know began by thinking that it was a problem or that it would be a problem living with people who don't eat or live the same way. Remember the model? the think-feel-act cycle. When we think, I can't stop eating meat because my spouse isn't on board. Or we think, I can't be vegan this month with all the holiday parties. Then we feel justified or powerless. And we notice all the reasons why it's too hard or impossible or annoying to choose plant-based foods or not buy animal products. And the result is, we ourselves make it too hard. We ourselves make it impossible. Those other people, they were just doing what they want. What if you thought, for example, I'm always blaming my spouse, but I could still eat more vegan this month. What feeling would that thought elicit in you. Maybe you would be on the lookout for ways you could have a vegan choice on hand or cut back on animal products. 
And the result would then be you learning to support yourself. The think-feel-act cycle, many of us already can see that our thoughts are disempowering us, distracting us from what we can do, from what we can choose, and focusing our attention on where we are powerless. Our thoughts are always there, always at work, directing us in the way we show up, the way we feel about our situations. And most of us do this completely unconsciously. Most of us never even question them. And most of our friends and loved ones will validate those thoughts. When we say, I want to eat more vegetables and fruits, but the kids and spouse only want beef and cheese, the people who love us will say, oh, I know, it's so hard. I don't even know how you could do it. But when you say it to your coach, I can't eat plant-based because my family likes beef and cheese. Your coach, maybe me, will probably say something like, okay, so? Believing that you can't start being who you want to be or living the way you want to live or creating what you want to create until other people change? Well, it seems true only because we keep telling ourselves it's true. Me too. Me too. In the early episodes of Veg Your Best, I talk a lot about what I thought, that being vegan would be a big problem for my family, that it would complicate my life, that it would make what we like to do as a family or what my husband and I enjoy doing or where we want to travel, I thought it would make it impossible. And it was hard to believe I could do it because I kept noticing and focusing on all the parts of it that seemed hard. Many of you listening probably feel the same. And maybe, maybe not about being vegan, but maybe in some other areas, because we are so indoctrinated into this idea, this fantasy, that everyone kind of needs to be doing the same thing. And that if you're going to be successful, say at weight loss or fitness or your business or your artistic practice, that you need to make sure that everyone's on board and that they all value what you're doing and hopefully that they're doing something very, very similar. And I think this is a big part of the problem It's that we are acculturated to assume that we need consensus and that it's uncomfortable to be around people who hold different opinions or who are doing different things. Or that they'll be uncomfortable around us or that they will judge us or they will think we're judging them, not just in terms of veganism, but in all kinds, all sorts of arenas, we find ourselves drawn to moving into silos, into like-minded communities. And, And that's okay. It's understandable. But I think that my vegan practice has only ever been enhanced and made more clear and ultimately simpler by not retreating from the world as it currently is.
we think it will be more efficient and simpler and easier and more fun to just be surrounded by people who do it all the same way all the time, who value what we value and in the same degree. And that just isn't how we learn and evolve and challenge ourselves and challenge our our own critical thinking. We don't get smarter and more compassionate and more nuanced or more observant by being in a completely homogeneous environment. And I truly think that those of us who are surrounded by people who are not making the same choices that we want, I think we're actually able to grow and evolve and gain even greater power because of that pushback. Because without doing that work to notice, to see why it would seem easier or less problematic to do what everyone else is doing, to keep eating meat and dairy and eggs and fish like the others around you, unless you've spent some time there, you also don't get the exercise of seeing how many choices you do have and what it takes to exercise those choices. I've been both places. I know. I have believed that I didn't have a choice. I believed that I couldn't. And bit by bit, I started to look for evidence that it might be possible to limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products. Do I say this every single week? I never thought that I could be a practicing vegan until I stopped believing that thought. That's why if you say to me, I hate the idea of eating animals, but my spouse will not eat vegan, I say, so? Or sometimes I say, so what? And when you get over feeling that tiny bit or a lot offended, we get to help you examine your beliefs about what choices are available to you your power is on a much, much deeper level. So look for this today or this week in your own life. Where do we think that to be successful, to be effective, to be creative, to be ethical, to be happy, to be healthy, where do we think that we need to be around others doing the same thing? making the same choices. Because that idea is just happening in our brain. It's just a thought that seems true because we're very used to thinking it. And it's an idea that we just keep repeating and looking for evidence to support. So I'm suggesting that instead of trying to gather support for that plan, that idea, or sell anyone or everyone on your idea, maybe take a look at the people around you and love them and notice what they're doing or not doing and say, hmm, so what? Because if you think they need to change first, there's probably not going to be too much change. And in their defense, it's not that fun to be around someone who's just starting a new plan and insisting that all of them start the new plan with them. 
if it's to be, it's up to me. Who said that? I think it's, it was in Girl Scouts in the 60s. I don't remember. It probably goes way back and I haven't looked it up. If it's to be, it's up to me. Coaching really works. Message me or email me or book yourself into my calendar to see how coaching could help you show up the way you want to first. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.